I don't think we need to waste any time. We can just get right into the Lakers talk. They're a fucking disaster. And as you see, I'm a Lakers fan, and I'm not having a good time. I'm having a great time. As a Lakers hater, I love this. This is fantastic. Great. I love that for you, but I hate everything Look, else for me. This is I'm in the middle right now, man. I, I'm i not a humongous fan of the Lakers, but I'm a humongous LeBron fan, bro. I got, like, mm. all of LeBron's jerseys in the, on my wall right now as we speak. And I'm just extremely saddened and disheartened. I just feel envious, really mad envious? and angry. Envious. angry. No, not envious. My bad. I used the wrong. I used the wrong word. <laughs> shit. I'm jealous. <laughs> yeah, no. Yeah, I'm jealous. I'm jealous of people that root for competent teams. That's what I'm jealous of. I'm, oh, yeah. I'm, I'm jealous, jealous for anybody I'm that doesn't have to watch Russell, Russell Westbrook, Westbrook. any two times a year. I'm jealous of Russell Westbrook. This man gets to be bad at his job and make forty four million dollars. I, I need that. <laughs> I, I need that in my life. No, on a real note, I do feel kind of bad for Russell Westbrook because it's not his fault that he's generally washed up and he's got he's got to be going through hell right now with the la media cycle like it's got to be tough for him he probably is i try to feel bad but then i see the way that he talks post game and it's (laughs) so ugly and then and then i snap out of it and i'm like okay no when he's just dancing around questions and like some some reporter asked him um what what ham's message to the team was after after a loss and he was like oh you got to talk to him he's like oh well we actually actually skipped darvin to come talk to you and he was like oh dang that sucks to suck like come on come on man that's that's the that's the (sighs) actually makes me mad in terms of the media yes but in terms i think he's generally a good guy all teammates vouch for him as being a really good person locker room but to the media yeah he's always been pretty short and cold with them Oh no, yeah, he's exactly he's for that. sure. All his teammates like for sure vouch for him. Uh, we were talking the other yeah, day. Yeah. He's he's first he's first team all NBA make a wish. Like they they treat him. That has been a crazy thing. You so know? so many people are down on Westbrook that there's so many people that feel the need to be contrarian, probably because they used to love Webb so much and be like, yeah. You're scapegoating him, you're too hard on him, he's not the only issue. Well, it's a pretty fucking big issue when you're paying him forty-seven million dollars to shoot eight percent from three. So I don't think we had to go so far as to pretend he's not being terrible right now. To take a two for one when you're when you're up at the at the end of the game yeah. instead of holding on to the ball, like yeah. it's just it's small things that are big things. And but like yeah. if you're the Lakers and we'll we'll spin this forward, right? They are they're honestly stuck. Like I don't know if there's anything. Oh that, yeah. There's I don't know if there's anything that you can do because if you stick with LeBron and you stick with Russ in this whole iteration then obviously like nothing's happening you're not going anywhere or yep you can completely blow it up but you have no picks to do it blow it up with ad that's what they need to do that's the hard cold truth blow it up with oh, ad no it is not that makes life so much easier bro it makes life so much easier you can take makes, the hard route yeah. and try to grind it out and waste the time of lebron and piss off everybody bro and fucking waste the two assets that you have left or you can go ahead and be like, you know what? Let's just make some shake. Trade AD for Lord knows what. I don't for know. What? For what? For what? That's me, the question. Don't ask that's me. The I question. Said, don't ask me. Do not ask me. I have to me, ask right? you because everyone says that dumb know. shit. But Look, you all can that ask does is guarantee like... LeBron's leaving next year. <laughs> no, LeBron. What deal is out that's going to make LeBron a contender better than Anthony Davis is? Like, there is none. You're just gonna, literally no. just going to decide. So you doing that is deciding it's... that you're done with LeBron. And I think, How much I better? Think they should, I, I, I'm not even playing. I think they should seriously consider it. I think yeah, I think the Lakers should seriously consider being done with LeBron. And once, how much worse can you be? That's a real question. What are we what talking are about here? How much the worse answer can is you clearly be? get rid of Westbrook, get rid of those future picks, and you can build a competent team around the competent team around LeBron. You just yeah. LeBron's don't go on trees. This opportunity for the Lakers, you don't just throw it away because to it's a rope right now. What are we doing? To win a championship, it, do you think? Do you think that if they trade for Buddy Hield and Miles Turner right now, that they are winning a championship? 
I'm not going to say anybody's winning a championship, but are they capable of being a contender, a top five team in the West? Sure. They're not going to be the favorites. So I'm not going to pretend that's the case. I'd rather so, them be a top five team in the West and have an outside chance of winning it than go back to being obsolete where they don't even have their picks for the next couple of years. Like, what are we doing? Yeah. Exactly. So that so that's that's my point is that if you are if you're the Lakers, right? Let's say you trade Westbrook, you trade those picks away, and now you don't like New Orleans has all the pick swaps in the world, and then you won't have 27, you won't have 29. LeBron's gone in in three years. Like he he's he's gone in three years. Once he's gone. And you have absolutely nothing. You are going to be in a terrible, terrible situation. And so just for the future of the franchise, it might be better long term to where you don't completely bottom out the next six years of your franchise. If like, we're, listen, we're talking about getting Buddy Heald and Miles Turner. Like it's it's not it's not like we're getting another <laughs> superstar. And like, that's the big the thing fix. Is- Either way, they're going to go into a rebuilding phase. Like what you're saying yeah. is true, but exactly. the 2027 and 2029 picks aren't going to make that not happen. Like but if you're going to that, regardless, it's just a natural. My thing okay, is like I know what you're saying, but real quick, yeah. let me say this: No go matter ahead. what you're go saying, you're going to have to go into a rebuild. But having the opportunity, LeBron gives you a championship window if you just build a competent team around him. It just has to be competent. What you're going to be seeking with that rebuild is what you have for the next two years with LeBron James while he's still a superstar. There's no, just no reason you would ever give up on that. Yeah, nah. I like I like trolling Isaac and I like just making Lakers <laughs> fans mad on the internet just because it's fun. But in all honest, in all honesty, like you're better off with just staying with AD, staying with LeBron. Now, an adult, an idea that I toyed with on the Bleacher Report stream. This is so left field in my mind, but I'm like, yo, what if there was a case and scenario where you know a couple? I think sometime this week actually, Damian Lillard was like. He toyed with the idea, and he said, "I think he said something about he saw a world in where he's not wearing a Blazers jersey or something like that." Did you guys, that? you guys know what I'm talking about? He said something about like the pot of, of it being a possibility in the. Why future. do we keep asking Dame these questions? Like he he clearly he says <laughs> it every single year that he just wants to stay in Portland. Like what's what's the point? My thing is, what if you know there was a Dame for AD swap? Would you do that, Isaac? Next year. <laughs> Neither team would want to do that. I don't think. Like, I, that's. I don't even see where the basis. What if for that the would Blazers be. wanted to abide by someone like Damian Lillard and and pay him back for all his loyalty by granting whatever wish he did? That seems like a a realistic scenario in my mind. It'll be a stupid one, but realistic. No, I probably wouldn't do that. I mean, Dame's gonna. Dame's a small guard. As a Lakers fan, and, you want to do that? Probably. Not. Okay, so I'm not gonna overreact to AD being hurt for two years. He's still AD. It's been unfortunate, but. It's an age thing, really. Lillard is better than Dame. Right now, Lillard is better than AD. But AD, but Lillard's a small guard who's entering his mid-30s pretty soon. Like, how many years do you have left before it kind of falls off for him? How many years? Yeah, same thing could be said about AD, though. Like, no, it can't. For overreacting, sure. But realistically, Why? he's still going to be great for a while. So how long? How long real, real question. How long does a player have to go before you say they're injury prone? No, AD is injury prone, but... Okay, a lot of people are. We don't do this with Kawhi Leonard. We don't do this with a lot of people. Like, the only thing we act like it's because it's the we Lakers, they have all this attention. We act like you can't have an injury prone player, but you're playing to win. You're always playing for the most successful outcome. You're playing for the best case scenario, which in this case is being a healthy AD. And there comes with a high ceiling with that and a low floor. That's just what it is. But that's the case with a lot of players. If you are, but if you're the Lakers, like building around a 38 year old LeBron James who hasn't played a full season since he's been with the Lakers. And then you also have a brittle star on the other end. Your core is extremely, extremely volatile. 
So yeah, it is. It's unfortunate, but that's that's what it is. Like either way, it's pretty hard. So in this scenario, maybe a Dame swap is like the one case where you still have that high of a ceiling with less of a downside. Sure, we're doing a lot of assuming to think that's a realistic possibility. But think of every other possible trade you could make. The ceiling is going to be nowhere near as high. And like you're saying, LeBron's hurt, so you got to play for the ceiling. You got it because you're already betting on him being injury prone, and you're hoping that he stays healthy. So if that's the case, you got to just build for the best case scenario. Everything. First off, this is the entire Lakers. Like this LeBron Lakers era is the weirdest era that I can remember because they have a yeah. championship. They got a championship yeah. out of it, and the whole thing feels like a massive disappointment. Yeah, yeah, and I feel like I'm the only person who knows that and acts like that. Like everybody else acts like it's doom it's and gloom, like, like it's the end of the world. Yeah, because it's like first year miss the playoffs. After after that, I believe they won a championship. Then after that, miss playoff, miss playoffs, and might might as well go ahead and miss the playoffs again, bro. So it's like, yeah. and one one thing that's really irking my nerves though, when I was on a fucking Bleacher Report stream. Some fucking fan was like, yeah, LeBron hasn't done anything great for the Lakers like ever since he joined the Lakers. Uh, he was one of those crayon eater kids, bro. Like, what, are, what are we doing? <laughs> one of those crayon eater kids. But one thing is like, I, I think that a lot of people are not understanding the value of a championship. Like they'd rather have three years or four years of maybe and eh, possibly or the the thought of a championship maybe may sound nice virtue, rather than like actually having a 100% chance to grabbing that thing. And that's what LeBron actually did for the Lakers so yeah like and guess what guess who else won the championship was just as instrumental as LeBron Anthony Davis who's done more in the last three years Anthony Davis or Kawhi Leonard obviously Anthony Davis who gets yeah. more shit on and called a brittle bitch with no backbone it's nothing that adds up to me I think yeah, I think true. I think the reason why AD gets called brittle is because like Kawhi, Kawhi tore his ACL right if 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 AD, I guess at this point, if he tore his ACL everyone would be like oh here he goes but he's had so many yeah. just like minor injuries and it's, it's just like action. it's like every time you turn around, oh, it's something else. Oh, it's something else. With Kawhi, it's normally just like one big thing that holds him out, and you're just like. Oh, so then, why did we not call Kawhi unreliable? These are actually big deal injuries that continuously happen. AD is unfortunate can, shit. Like somebody rolls into his ankle. You can say that. I'm not. I'm not, I don't, talking, the thing I'm not is, talking about Kawhi. I'm not right trying now. to say. I'm not trying to. I'm trying to say that we just hold AD to so much harsher of a lens than we do everybody else. I'm not saying we should shit on Kawhi. We shouldn't shit on anybody for being unlucky and getting injured. That's the point. Yeah, I'm it's... saying. I'm saying that if you if you're the Lakers. You have accomplished everything that you can. I, I understand why they like why internally you can't think that and why you can't operate mm-hmm. that way from the outside perspective. They have accomplished everything that they can with this core, and I think that it it would be a mistake to let LeBron come in and dictate your the next six years of of your franchise, six seven years of your franchise, knowing that you're going to have to go into a rebuild mode regardless, and now you're not going to have the assets to go and do so. So I think that for them, if the ce- if the ceiling for the Lakers right now, because obviously they're one of the marquee franchises in the NBA, you are judged by championships in Los Angeles. If the ceiling for them is oh we're just going to be like kind of good and like maybe we get there, maybe we don't, blow blow it blow it up. You need to start over because that's. That's not that's not what we're playing here for. We're not we're not playing just for fun. Like we're playing for championships, and you're you're maxed out. You're I mean, they still out. have a chance to win championship. Like what you're saying is like you're saying it's like outside looking in shit. That's exactly what it is. Like if a team has a chance to be a contender, let's say the fifth best team in the West, and you always have a puncher chance, you have a duo that great, you're gonna take that. Like what are we doing? They they would they would they're gonna they're gonna sink their franchise though like they're they're not gonna be in a good position. Palinka has. Do you really think the Lakers aren't gonna be able to rebuild because they traded two future picks? Like the Lakers are gonna be a star destination no matter what. Even when LeBron leaves, they're gonna have Anthony Davis, who 
I know we hate him. He's still going to be an attractive piece for another starter that, to want to play with. You say that until you say that until it actually happens, and then you get a situation where it's 2014, 2015, and they can't get Lamarcus Aldridge to take a meeting with them, right? You 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 get into a situation where we've seen this movie before with the Lakers. And the movie ended with LeBron James coming to town, <laughs> and that is and that is LeBron James, right? Still in that point in his career where LeBron and we're in the league's dynamic yeah. where, where you can have like a singular player come in and instantly like, okay, I can get LeBron and four bums and we can go somewhere. I don't think you can tell anybody right now, oh, let me get, let me get X player and four bums and we can, we can go. I don't think that, of course that, not. Yeah. I, I don't think that, I mean, that's the yeah. dynamic of the league. LeBron was the only guy in the past like 10 years where that's like kind of the case. For sure, but we've seen it for decades upon decades that they do a slight rebuild, get the nice foundation, and then some star is going to want to come there because they're Lakers. Like it's yeah, that's going to be exactly what it is. Right. Yeah, Isaac, you sound uh, really at peace compared to every other Lakers fan that's on the <laughs> internet right now. They're going through hell, but you just accepted your fate in a few years. Guarantee it. Guys like fucking Derek Culver is going to be running the starting point guard <laughs> for your team, and it's going to be tumultuous. You're going to have Ryan, what's his name, Ryan Kelly or Ryan? I don't know. Oh my Ryan god, Kelly, Ryan Kelly, years, Robert Sakurai-esque years, bro. Like it's going to be really t- tumultuous. Gogo Badate is going to be your starting center. It's going to be tough. It's going to be tough. All right, well, let's, let's, move, let's move on a little bit from this, what's the Doom and Gloom Lakers talk. Yeah. Welcome back to episode eight of the podcast. Today, we're talking about the first week of the season and kind of going team by team and previewing our first, not previewing, reacting to our first impressions of these teams. We got the Lakers out of the way. Maybe we can talk a little bit more about what their on-court realities are and why they suck, but we can also move on to some other teams if y'all are ready. Let's, let's go somewhere else. Yeah. Yeah, one okay. thing that I want to mention off the bat is Donovan. What's up? Ooh, you might be, you're going to be known as one of the biggest James Harden haters. You're one of the biggest haters that I know James Harden. Is that me? Oh, yeah, you're absolutely Dude, one of the biggest James Harden haters. Yeah, <laughs> you walk it with pride, bro. <laughs> you have no shame when it comes to this. What do you think of his performances so far? Because he's been going stupid. Nah, he's played really well. He's played He's played really well. And I think for the Sixers, like, um, now... I and I told Isaac. This, are weird I, told, I told I told Isaac this the, the other day, because he because he was he was he was texting me. He, he's like, oh my gosh, like James Harden, he's he's back. I told you guys, it's yeah. game four, right? Talk to me in game four of a playoff oh series. Oh my gosh, you're one of those. That's you're one of those. <laughs> that's yeah. that's where the James Harden stuff. I'm telling you, we're gonna get to a game five, game six, and everyone's gonna be like, oh my gosh, listen, like this is the moment for Harden to step up and like do what he's what we've asked him to do for the last decade. And he's not gonna take five shots in the second half. You, you know what I'm saying? Like, I just just wait. He'll be okay. But he started off very well. I'm gonna give him yeah. props. The Sixers, yeah. however, look very. It's just weird. Very and, yeah. skeptical, bro. I like. I honestly think that James, as a scorer, needs to step back a little bit. And I think that I think they need to give Tyrese Maxey a little bit more. Um, offensive leeway because when I've looked at them for for these first four games, their offense looks very clunky. And whenever I see Maxi and all yeah. of us were kind of expecting like this leap from him, he doesn't look like he fits in the offense. He looks like he's still just coming in like a six man, just trying to provide some energy. But it doesn't look like 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 there's no two man game with him in it and B. There's no two man game with him and Harden. It doesn't seem like it's a duo. It very much seems like okay, it's the third quarter. It's seven minutes left. It's Tyrese Maxey time now, and then we get to the fourth <laughs> quarter, and he's kind of just out of it. Yeah, their offense, from what I've seen, has no rhythm, and I believe from just what I see, like Harden has the ball in his hands a 
lot. And I don't remember it being like this towards the second half of the season when he first joined. And I think that now it's two things. Either A Harden may think I don't think I don't think that he thinks he's that guy again necessarily no, on this I, I team believe that he, he has to be that he guy. That he, he is that, that guy again this season. He, he's playing why are we framing this around Harden? Harden is not the problem. It's right not now. Harden, it's Doc Rivers. That's that's my thing. If that's my thing, he's the main issue. But well, well, as no, someone no. like James Harden, like <laughs> Tim as yeah, no, the main issue well, is it's Embiid both, is out of shape. Too, as well. Yeah, that's, uh, that's out of shape. It's not even that. It's also supporting cast. Like they're right now as a team, they're like twentieth in rim volume. They're just not getting to the rim at all, which is mm-hmm. to me a bigger. The biggest issue is creation around James Harden. Mm-hmm. You're saying it's Tyrese Maxey isn't filling a fit in the offense. He hasn't been playing that great. I sure maybe he's maybe it's a fit issue, coaching issue, but they need those secondary creators like Tobias Harris, Tyrese Maxey to generate more looks at the rim more often. Because right now they're they're just relying on three point volume that isn't even going in that much. Like what they're eighteenth in three point shooting, but super high in volume. Dog, yeah, like it's it's just clunkiness, like you're saying all around. Which I guess what you're saying is true that it hits a mix of Harden being back and demanding more usage, Embiid playing poorly. Like they just need more time to gel. I think their offense is gonna be fine. I listen. I think I think that I think they I think they're gonna be fine as well because like they just have a lot of talent and like we'll, they'll they'll figure it out, right? Mm-hmm. But I think my my idea in terms of figuring it out is 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 this gonna be like a James Harden centric offense? Is it gonna be an Embiid centric offense? How are we kind of, you know, going to work on three? Is Maxi really going to have the space to take that leap? And for Embiid, he just has to get into shape because they're one in three right now. They've lost two games because yeah. Joel Embiid has been lazy. Uh, they, yeah, yeah, absolutely. I don't know if it's lazy. It's kind of like a, a really just like game, negative way to put it. Game one was shape. lazy. Game one was lazy. Lazy implies that he's like not trying hard enough. But I think it's an out of shape thing because he's, he's battling the injury. I think there's a difference there. Like it's not like a... A, a, like a ethic Why thing where he like, doesn't because care because he was lazy same thing <laughs> okay either way we're minutia but i think their offense is gonna be fine like i said their defense is where i think people should realistically be worried because we all thought they're gonna be the best team in, or among the best teams in the east and going for that one seed they're 29th right now in rim defense part of that oh, is like we're talking fuck. about Embiid is out of shape but that's not good yeah 29th with joel Embiid on your team bro that's that, yeah that that shouldn't happen in any scenario at any point. That's in rim accuracy. Let's see what they're at in rim frequency. They are... <sighs> see, the thing is, they're second in rim frequency. So teams aren't getting to the rim a lot. Mm-hmm. But when they are, they're not missing. So yeah, it's kind of a mixed bag there. Yeah, absolutely, dog. All I know is, like, one thing that I'm going to closely monitor. Something also that I need to say randomly off the top of my head is, like, I really, like... Back to the James Harden thing. I do not want to see him average... 28 29 27 like at max i want i'd like him to see i like to see him score somewhere around like 24 23 points per game and that just goes back to like giving guys like tyrese Max, well tyrese maxi specifically a lot more responsibility than he's holding right now because i feel like that mm-hmm. just adds another another dimension to the offense and right now they're just playing just one way and it's all hardened or nothing that's what it seems like to me, at least. Yeah, but it's also like what they need because things have been so like ungelled. Like Harden doing that is the only reason they're a top fifteen offense right now. Like, you know what I mean? Like yeah. we're talking about it as if the issue is Harden won the ball too much. I think yeah. the answer has been Harden being able to handle the ball too much or as much as he has, not too much. Yeah, and like that, like in the game against against Milwaukee, he was the only reason why why they were even in that game. Like he went mm-hmm. crazy in the, yeah, exactly. in, the se- in the second half, and it was also very interesting to see him. Um, kind of a like just adjust to, to the defense, and he was taking so many mid range shots 
in that in that game. And it was very it's very cool to see just like a different James Harden kind of just like diversify yeah. his game. Um, mm-hmm. That that game that game w- was very fun, but like you're saying, that was more out of like necessity. And I don't like I don't think I think if Harden has to be the lead scorer on this team, then obviously something's wrong because you have you have Joel Embiid right there, and and when whenever I was saying like lazy in terms of like that first game, I'm I'm talking about you have Al Horford gets into foul trouble early against the Celtics. You have Noah Vonley and Blake Griffin on you, and you're you're seven one two seventy like. You need you need to go down yeah, and win that matchup every single time, right? When like there were a lot of fast break opportunities that they had where he wasn't he he wasn't running he wasn't catching the ceiling and it's it's like I'm not trying to sound like Shaq but like bro you, again you're seven one two seventy like you should be dominating these dudes and so we'll see we'll see how he how he advances and like if that injury in the off season that Liz Frank injury that Doc Rivers mentioned is truly gonna hinder him but like. If if Embiid's not there, if Embiid's not the number one option, yeah. he's not playing like it, then yeah, offensively they have a real, real problem. For sure. But I, I think he'll get back in shape like we're talking about. Yeah. For I'm glad sure. you brought up the transition thing because that's actually the biggest problem with their offense right now. I'm looking at the numbers. They're 29th in frequency of trans- transition plays and just 25th in efficiency on those plays. So they're really good when they're in the half court. They're the fourth offense when they're there in terms of scoring efficiency, mm-hmm. but they're just there way too much. Like to be a high level offense, you got to get out and transition a little bit because those shots are so efficient and so easy. If everything is in the half court, everything's gonna be so difficult that it's really not sustainable. Exactly. They they play so right now. I'm looking at it. They play at the at the slowest pace in the league. The thirtieth in pace yeah. at, at 95, 95 uh, possessions. So that and that's so typically what sense. you get with the James Harden team. So that's not anything mm-hmm. new. And Joel Embiid's not the fastest player either. But, you know, it's got to be a higher bar than that. You can't be dead last unless you're shooting ridiculously efficient in the half court like those old Rockets teams did. And they're not. that's not what's happened so far. Yeah. yeah. That's, yeah absolutely. Yeah. Okay. So, so, we're, so we're all kind of like in agreement that the Sixers are, are going to get back. Like the one and three start is straight. kind of. Yeah. yeah they'll be fine. Okay. At least offensively. I'm not worried about the offense at all. But defensively, they're not reaching the top two, three team in the East unless they figure out how to make the rim defense better. And. Hopefully we can just assign that to Joel and B getting more in shape. Okay. Mm-hmm. Can we can we talk about a team that I actually am worried about? Ooh, I'm, yes. I'm very worried about the Brooklyn Nets. Um, mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm, I'm very I'm very nervous. Okay. They so ha- tell us first off what your biggest issue is. Okay. Yeah. So they can't guard anybody. They they that's a cannot, pretty big issue. They cannot guard guard anybody right now. They're last in, in defensive rating, and they are three points worse than than the than the second worst team in the league in terms yeah. of in terms of defensive rating. That's so pitiful. Ben Simmons so, also has not looked like fantastic. Yeah, no, he's looked bad. We can be honest. As a big Ben defender, he's been bad. Listen, okay, we can say he's been bad, but we can also be fair and use context as to why he's been bad. Like both can be true. Yeah, he's looked like shit. He looks very uncomfortable. A lot has been made about the fact that he's not looking to score at all. He's like doing what he did with Trey Young, where he's going up, open layup, and he'll pass to a teammate. Mm-hmm. That's true. Clearly, his confidence has not been there to find his own shot. And he's kind of like trying to find his place in the team as a playmaker, not do too much. But I think that's another thing that's going to come with time. People like Jamal Murray aren't looking great either because they missed a whole year with injury. We have to apply to Simmons the same grace we would to them just because his injury isn't so apparent like an ACL injury. He did miss a whole year. So like he looks like shit, but he'll probably be back to his form eventually. I think, <sighs> Man, I agree with that. But at the same time, I disagree with that, bro. Like, <laughs> in my mind, I'm just like, bro, you had all this time off. And you ain't been that's doing not how that works. Of- I, I, I understand, but at the same time, like, you have to have the, the just, like, the slightest curiosity. And I may be, like, just jumping the gun or whatever, but it's like, yo, what did you do this offseason? 
Like recover from injury. Like I get the whole recover from injury thing. Like he he had a serious injury. Then he had like something wrong, something up with his back. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. On top of the but mental health, even stuff, before. Is, is what it is. Yeah, I understand the mental health thing, but like, yo, like, he's coming back as the same player, but just like worse. And I'm just like, dude, like, I was damn near about to go ahead and hop on the the Ben Simmons train because I was trying to like, you know, not be, I was trying to be supportive of him, and I still am. And as a, I don't want to say a supporter because that's kind of wild to say on camera. <laughs> I'm not a Ben Simmons supporter, but it's just like it's <laughs> such a letdown. You were talking about how hard the Nets were going to be to stop on the offensive end, bro. Talk about how hard we're going to be drawing right, right now. We're talking about how hard it is for them to stop anyone on the offensive end. I and mean, that's just yeah. so bad. To be fair, to be fair, now they are ben hard Simmons. to stop on on offense, right? Like, they, listen, yeah. they're, yes. they're, seventh, they're seventh in an offensive rating right right now, like with Ben Simmons being asked. Yeah, so yeah. like the ceiling is there for them for them to for them to to you know make that make that jump and be competent on both sides of the ball and actually like put everything together. But that's what we talked about before the season. We said if everything clicks, this team can win a championship. If everything like if if a couple pieces don't fit, if you're trying to put a square peg in a in a round hole, then yeah. this then this could be a bottom you know a, a, a second half of the conference type of team. And right yeah. now, with at least on the defensive side, that's what's going to hold him back, and that's what's, what's going to. Are we put shocked by that? Like I feel like we we could have predicted that it would start slow in this way, and that they obviously have defensive issues, having no real good big rim protector. Right now, they're trying to make Ben Simmons see if he can be a small ball five. He's never been a five. Like it kind of could have assumed it's not going to work, but they got to try it. The real answer is they need to get another five in there to play next to Ben Simmons. Yeah. When he gets up and gets more comfortable in his game, he can go back to being the DPOY level defender he can be. But even that player isn't a rim protector. That's not his role. It never has been. They need to find on the trade market, the buyout market, whatever it is. They need to find yeah. someone who's big and can block shots. But even then, did you think that they would be thirtieth? That they would be dead last through like through through the first week? Probably, no, of course not. But do did I think there was gonna take some time for them to figure it out? And they're gonna they're gonna be a bad defensive team regardless. That I think they'd be really bad at first and probably get better throughout the season. Yes. Okay, yeah, bro. Okay. Yeah. But I, this I, bad? I, no, of course not. Of course not. I think yeah. I think I think with I think with with Ben like for like obviously that whole defense need, needs to get uh, needs to get fixed. I think it's very very interesting because we everybody's been saying like. If he could just, you know, play the Draymond role, he'll be fine. He'll be perfect. <laughs> He's literally playing the Draymond role. He won't. He won't. <laughs> yeah. He won't look at the basket. He doesn't want to shoot yeah. at all. He's not trying to do any of that stuff. He at least needs to get the the dribble handoff fake in his bag. I I need to yeah. I need to see that from Ben. But yeah. yeah, I think is there a big out there right now? Like who's the first big that comes to mind when we're talking about the buyout market or the trade market that they can go and get to fix this? Mo, do you have any names? Uh. Off the top of my head, there's nothing realistic for them. Yeah. That I so I don't of. think the names, we need to focus on that because all the teams that are going to be taking to the bottom of this trade deadline, the deadline is going to be popping. So yeah. many people are going to be available you're not expecting. Like, think of a mediocre team that's going to be asked, like Plumley off the Hornets. They're going to give him away for a bag of chips at the deadline because yeah. they're going to want to be asked the second half of the year. It's going to yeah. be guys like that who you don't really think about right now, but they're going to magically become available because the team decides to go another direction. They're going to get a body. Yeah, exactly. They're definitely going to. But on the defensive end, I can't think of anyone who could leave, who could have this, who could have that type of impact. Well, they don't even have to have a major impact. They just need to be okay and eh, like damn near not passable, but yeah, a little yeah. bit better than passable for the. No, it's gotta be competent. Yeah, exactly. And I think that alone would 
take them, send them a long way. But there's just so many names off the top of my head, but I can't think of like an absolute like perfect fit. You know, maybe the so he's not also not a great defender, but he's a, he's decent. Maybe the Timber the Timberwolves are going to trade Nas Reed at some point. He's their third string center now, and he's valuable. It could be oh, somebody yeah. like that. Like it doesn't have to be anybody super flashy. Like Nas yeah, they, isn't the best defender in the world, but he's good. To go ahead and turn around their season, things are tough. <laughs> out I was just about to say this they are in the season. Oh, <laughs> yeah. bro, the answer is Mo Bamba. That's that's like the perfect scenario. Mo's rotting away in the bench oh, yeah. in, in the Magic. Like they just, they resign him to trade one. him basically. Yeah, that is that, a that's great the answer. One, actually, that's a great one, bro. Or if they strike out on all those guys and they're like, "Yo, well, we just at the very least they want to stretch five or whatever." Go ahead and try to go. Go throw some at Utah for fucking Kelly Olynyk. Yep, I was going nice. to say that. Yeah, hey, is nice. Yeah, point is, there's going to be hella options out there for big men in this trade deadline. They just have to get one. Like, it really just has to be somebody that's decent. Listen, they they need to do something because John Morant was John Morant. By the way, so disrespectful. Did the gritty right in front of Kevin Durant at, at the at the end <laughs> of the of the game. He's literally dancing in front of this man. Like, if you're Kevin, yeah. you you have to do something, right? Like, this can't. That's a this, good segue. This can't happen for 82 games. No, that's a good segue. Let, let's talk about the Memphis Grizzlies and more specifically, Ja Morant. Dude, we just what? did a video last week where we reacted. To, we reacted to some Bleach Report rankings, and they yeah. put him at tenth in the league. And I was like, yeah, "That's solid." I'd probably put him like twelfth or so. Listen, no. <laughs> I don't know if I do that anymore. Yeah. He looks like he's transcending to the level that his biggest supporters were saying he's already at. Yeah. It's kind of undeniable now. Yeah, exactly, bro. As a Trey Young fan, you will not be seeing me on camera saying none of that. Like. Oh, he's better than this. Just, just as of yet, because Sterling hasn't performed anywhere near close to that level at all. And the stardom is just undeniable. Y'all ever seen that, uh, that Gucci bag meme where it's like about to tear apart? Yeah, yeah. That's like me and my Trey Young argument, bro. Like right now, it's like <laughs> yo, I'm on my last strings right now, bro. I can't. I'd look like a fucking jackass if I was saying anything else other than like, yo, the dude is literally incredible. He's probably gonna be, uh, top top two point well Luke is a point guard so top three uh at the end yeah. of the season that's not nothing crazy to say at all yeah like, him and Damian Lillard like yo if you were to give me if you were to say if you were to say John Moran's better than Damian Lillard before the season started you'd look like a fucking jackass but now if you were to say that you would get 100% like credibility for that true fair Dame's been great too but yeah your yeah, point Dame is correct like yeah Dame's jaws in the level where he's going to be in the conversations with the best of the best pretty soon and yeah. the defense is still an issue, but defense is an issue for a lot of high-level players. His offense looks to be so transcendent. He's just so impactful in the way he drives offense. And just the, the most thing that stands out to me this year is he makes something out of nothing. Like, there was one play yesterday in the Nets game where Trey Jones threw him a lob. It wasn't even a very good lob. It was kind of an errant pass. And he, John Morant just reached up and caught it and, like, put it in the basket before without even cocking back or anything. Yeah. It was just like, how the fuck did he finish that? It was some Zion shit. Yeah. He just makes something out of nothing consistently. Yeah, exactly. And a couple of games before that, he was playing against the Houston Rockets, and there were several blocks that's just like, how the fuck did you get there, and how did you jump that yeah. high to go ahead and get that? He fucking blocked Jalen Green towards the closing uh, minutes of the fourth quarter. And there's just been so many moments where he's just like, he's like literally the smallest dude on the court out there nine times out of ten, but he's having the biggest impact. He's the baddest dude out there nine times out of ten. That's what it feels he's- like it was. He's he's just different. It is is it's so crazy because even just like the way that he moves, man. Like the like the way that like when he comes off of, of a pick and roll, right? The way that that he comes around it and just darts mm-hmm. towards, towards the basket is different. And at least early on this season, and we saw it a little bit at the start of last season, kind of tailed off. But he's shooting the three really really well. 
right through through Which the first four crazy. games, right? Yeah. He's, he's shooting yeah. he's shooting sixty percent from three. Obviously, that's not sustainable. Yeah. But if he's there, and it, if that number gets to like, you know, thirty six, thirty five, right, 36. right, 30, 30, 35, 36, it's it's over. It's it's yeah. over. Because I'm looking at some of his numbers now. So he currently has the highest volume of pick and roll shots in the whole league right now. So they're just like his usage just through the roof. And he's not the most efficient in the league, but he's still in the top 75th percentile. And so some players like Damian Lillard are top volume and top efficiency. They're just like pick and roll gods. But it's pretty rare to be number one in volume and still have a really high level efficiency. To be able to do that just shows that you're able to drive offense on an extremely high level. And even if you don't have your second best player, you can just be constantly creating for others in a way that he has been. And you just can't replicate that. This man is a baby Giannis. He's a 6'3 Giannis. <laughs> he's just going to the rent every single time. And you you can't stop him, right? Exactly. Like, there's not a lot that you can do to get in his way. And I and honestly, yeah. the only times that, that I see him like mess up is whenever he stops early and he starts to pivot. But if he makes up his mind, like, oh, I'm I'm gonna get to the rim, I'm gonna jump over you, he's gonna get to the rim, and like yeah. that that shot that shot's gonna get up. I don't exactly. I, I think Mem- Memphis is in a really really good position, uh, mo- moving forward. And yeah, I was gonna say that. Does this change how you feel about the team now that it, it seems that like he's like hitting this next tier? Okay, it, how do you feel about him now? I think they could be top two in the in the West. Wow, wow. top two. I think I, I think that, okay. I think that they can be top two. I okay. still I still think Denver. I still think once once Jamal comes around, like and they hit their stride, I think Denver is going to go on a really long run later in the year. We wow. have some stuff to talk about with Denver, but we'll get to that in a yeah, bit. But but keep going. I think I think the Grizzlies. Um, I think the Grizzlies are going to be top two in in the West. There's a little, there's there's a couple holes that I see in in Golden State. There's a couple holes that I see in in the Clippers early, and Memphis. They're just going to keep getting guys back. They're just going to get uh, Jaron Jackson Jr. back, right? John Moran keeps keeps playing like this. If somehow we can get Dylan Brooks out of the franchise, right? Like we can, <laughs> they, they can just keep moving forward. But I I don't see any Man. downsides to what they can do in the regular season. There's if John's playing better. like this. If he's, if he's doing this on a nightly yeah. basis, what do you... Yeah. What do you and we do? saw Desmond Bain finally have his breakout game for the oh season my last God. night. Yeah, damn near dropped 40. Looking Shit, like Clay man. Thompson. That was fucking bars. Oh, looking like old Clay Thompson. I think you're yeah. kind of crazy for that, Donovan. There's nothing... There's nothing... You think I'm crazy for that? that? I love... Just a little bit. Top two. I mean, they were the two seed last year. How crazy could it be? They were, they were a two seed last year, but I just feel like things are a little bit different. And I feel like because of all the talent that's coming back to the West, Kawhi's coming back, the Clippers are Paul George now. Jokic has help. The Nuggets are, I mean, I said the Nuggets. The Pelicans <laughs> are better. Hopefully the fucking, we're going to talk about the Timberwolves later, but you never know what the fuck they're going to be up to, bro. Then there's still the, the Phoenix Suns. There's, there's a lot of talent there. And... The Memphis Grizzlies lost a little talent last, last over the past offseason. And who'd I'm they not, lose? Who'd they lose? Fucking what's his name? Um, oh, Kyle Anderson? Kyle Anderson, yeah. <laughs> I'm okay, a huge fine. Kyle right. Anderson fan, bro. They're fine. Yeah, Kyle don't Anderson. Santi Aldama stood up. He's he's kind of moving into the rotation as a pretty solid role player. I think they're all right. Wait, but Mo, but Mo, here's the thing. Two, on, on two of those teams, I don't want to hear anything from you about, oh, the Phoenix Suns are here. Because both you and I had the Suns. In the play-in tournament, so that's, yeah, that's, that's right. so that's one, and then two, and then with the, and then with them. the Timberwolves, with the Timberwolves, both of us, neither of us had them in the top three, or 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 in the, or I think even in the even in the top four, and so like we talked about the Grizzlies being in the top four of the West, we and now that the teams that we had ahead them ahead of them like like the Warriors, like the clip like the Clippers, 
if you feel the same way about me in terms of like, okay, there's there's a little bit of holes and like this Clippers thing is going to take a while to get off the ground and, um, you know, because of like Kawhi and his load management and we'll see what the Warriors do in the regular season. Like, are they just going to coast and be ready for the playoffs? There's an opening for the for the Grizzlies to make that run again and be a, and be a top two seed in the West. Yeah, but I only think that that's possible if Jaws consistently dropping fucking 30 bombs with insane efficiency, and I don't know if he's going to be able to keep this up. I don't know if he's going to be able to keep Yeah, I mean, he up. won't keep up that's 46 points back-to-back nights type shit. I mean, well, yeah, he but doesn't like, have to. All his shots are two feet away from the rim. Like, he's he's going to be he's gonna be okay. Like, yeah, I, I'm, I feel very confident about, about his efficiency because he's faster than everybody else on the court. He can jump higher yeah. than, than everybody on the court. And his yeah. touch around the rim is is insane. So One of the most sure. impressive things that has blown me away outside of all this, besides his three-point shooting, is his, like, free throw percent. He, bro, he's getting to the line, like, 10 times, 10 times a game. And he's shooting at, like, I don't know, 80 or 90% or something like that. And that, for John Morant, is fucking huge. And he's really yep, getting yeah. his form down, bro. That's, that's what you got to do to hit that, like, 30 points per game type level score. It has to be hit getting more free throws. Like, that's if, always the winning solution. Yeah, if he get if he maintains that level, I you got it, you got me. Jaw is that dude in the Memphis Grizzlies or that team, you know? Yeah, he he's yeah. shooting he's shooting eighty eighty six percent from the free throw line right now, which is yeah, that's good. crazy. That is and crazy. Typically, that's three point percent. What did you last year from the free throw line? Uh, seventy some, seventy seven. I'm assuming. Yeah, I'm typically, last, free throw percentage is a pretty good indicator of shooting ability. Seventy six percent last season. Yeah. So if you made a leap in free throw percentage, there's a good chance the three-point percentage stuff we're seeing is going to stick around too. Yeah, exactly. That's a direct correlator of like just how good yeah, of yeah. someone's format. The only player in like NBA history, in my mind, who's like three-point percentage don't match up with their free throw percentage is like fucking Andre Iguodala. <laughs> and that's it. Yeah. Outside it of that, happens sometimes, but yeah. Yeah, bro. But yeah, that's... I think we can agree that Jobs absolutely him. He's transcended everybody who was just like meat riding him, talking about he's just the next this god. They were just they were a little the early. Yep. Yeah, they were early, but you know they they saw it and Prophetic. it wasn't hard to see. But the people like us that just need to see it a little bit more, we've seen yeah. it. This is who he is. Speaking yeah. about meat, um, okay. what a wild <laughs> okay. transition. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay, my bad. That was not a smooth transition. <laughs> yeah, speaking about Where are you meat, going? I, it, it was look, it was smooth in my head. Speaking about meat, I don't know if you guys saw, but Carl Anthony Towns was going ahead and uh, kind of sending semi shots to Anthony Edwards, talking about how some. He I thought that was he fine. He doesn't think it was funny that he. There's nothing wrong with that. Popeyes, bro. Yeah. Said, eh. What the comment? To, let's give him some context. What happened yeah. was in a post game press conference, somebody asked Carl Anthony Towns about Anthony Edwards' conditioning because he had talked about it in his presser that it's not where he wants it to be. And Carlton Towns just agreed that, yeah, it's not great right now. As a veteran leader, I should do a better job of preaching to him and take care of your body. And Ant had made some jokes about eating Popeyes after the games. Yeah. And Kat said, I don't think that's funny. I think that type of shit is not okay. Yeah. And people hate cats, so everyone's up in arms about it. Yeah. No, in my mind. Not a fan. Not a fan. I don't, I don't think that you are bro. supposed to. I don't think you're, you're supposed to do that to the media. I don't think you're supposed okay. to. I don't think that you're supposed to take shots, and, and especially is it a shot? I it is. Yeah, it I don't is think a shot. Is a I don't shot. think it's a shot. It's a, it's a shot and it's a criticism. And if you are talking about I'm coming from the veteran perspective and I have to help the young dude out, that's a conversation that you need to have in in private. 
and that that okay. that needs to be something that's handled in in the locker room. And I just I just didn't think that it was right for Cat to say that pu- publicly. I think I think that that's one hundred percent right. I think I think you need to be on top of your body. I do, I think like yeah. Cat's probably right. It probably does does make him mad, but like you need to handle that one on one. And we shouldn't know about any of that beef, especially yeah. if it really makes you mad. And Cat was coming off as like, oh yeah, like I'm really upset about this. Talk to talk he to even ta- speak to the media. Talk talk to Ant. We're, we're four games into the season. Talk to Ant yeah. privately, and then we yeah. can go from there. That's that's okay. my biggest well, problem with it. Aside from the locker room politics about how we're feeling, let's talk about their actual on the court product because, well, I don't really give a shit about that. There's some real criticisms to this team right now, especially to Carl Anthony Towns. Yeah. So let me know what y'all's first impression of this team is right now. You can <sighs> see it. you can see the cracks, and yeah. I think you can see. You can see what's going to happen in the playoffs and all of the concerns that people had coming into the season about the fit, they are showing up. And yeah. so like you still have Gobert at, at the rim and he's going to go and he's going to defend everything. But that means that Cat's going to be on the outside and he's going to have to he's going to yep. have to play play perimeter defense. He hasn't been great doing that. And so once that happens, when you start matching up against those good teams that, that, Bro, can, that, can, good that teams. can go small. Not even good teams. You're gonna get ran ass. Right now, they're a good team, but they're the best team right now. They respect Larry Markman. (laughs) (laughs) Crazy, but like that, it's just so crazy that Rudy Gobert's team went ahead and knew how to go ahead and put that man in the motherfucking blender. That had that they had that man running around the court, bro, looking like a lost dog and fucking Carl Anthony Towns was left. Yeah, they just five out of them, so he couldn't do what he's good at. Exactly, and like, bro, it's just like. This is just my thing with Rigo, bro. He's cool as a player. I don't want to say I love him like he was. He's cool as a player, but <laughs> I just, I, on top of like them already starting off so which is normal, it just looks way worse because like they have these like everyone they do have these cracks that everyone thought that they would have. Yeah, but I see what you're alluding to. The issue right now isn't Rudy Gobert. I'm not gonna pretend that he's the no, problem right no, now. It's not, no, oh it's not, yeah. yeah, it's not Rudy. Yeah, yeah, that was like, funny to see. About, yeah, it's not just Cat. It's also Anthony Edwards. Anthony Edwards has played like shit for multiple games. Yeah, and he said in the press conference that the smaller we play, the better it is for me. He's clearly having yeah. a hard time struggling to their new offensive system and like the spacing they have and the way you got to play with the bigger team. He hasn't done a good job adjusting to that. And maybe you could say he never was going to have a good job of that because this, this team isn't as conducive to him anymore, and that's a issue with the team building. But end of the day, if this team is going to be where everybody thought it could be, it's because Anthony Edwards makes that leap that everyone assumes he was going to make and. If he can't do that because there's a big on the court with him, that's an issue. Okay, so yeah. break so break down so break down real quick, right? What does Anthony Edwards have to do offensively? Like, what what's going to have to change in the Timberwolves system when you have those two bigs out there? And like, what's the adjustment that he's going to have to make? He has he's in my mind. To, yeah, yeah, for for both of y'all. In my mind, he has to go ahead and start trying, or at least start taking steps to becoming more of a proactive passer. Meaning, like, just don't make the obvious point-blank decisions. Try to jump the yeah. gun and be a couple steps ahead of the defense. And on top of that, I think he just needs to become a better shooter point-blank period. Uh, or at least a more consistent shooter point-blank period. That's yeah, those things are both true objectively for him to hit that next level. In terms of being more specific about the issues right now, one, it is the conditioning thing. He hasn't been in great oh, shape. Yeah. He's kind of burnt out towards the end of the year. End of games, <laughs> he's been kind of burning out. Yeah, he, I think it came out that he weighs like more than Carl Anthony Towns, what being six God five or something damn. like that. Yeah, yeah. he's not but playing for that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> that's fine. It happens a lot. People coming out of shape, that'll be fine. Like most things you're talking about, it'll work itself out. 
The big adjustment he has to make is learning how to, like Mo said, passing and also learning how to finish when you have this type of spacing because now there's basically always going to be somebody in the dunker spot or somebody posted up on the other side of the court. So those driving lanes that he was once looking at are just a little bit tighter. Mm-hmm. Those passes he has to make are just a little bit tighter and he just has to adjust to being able to make those type of reads because they're not always harder, but they're just different. Yeah. Okay. So much more different. It's so much more harder, bro. He yeah, had a luxury no one else in the NBA has, bro. They got to play with the greatest shooting big in NBA history. Yeah, he has so much space. Going from that to like Rudy Gobert, big ass, is standing in the paint in the dunker spot, just chilling. It's it's a huge difference, and I don't like they're mm-hmm. gonna struggle at first. They're gonna struggle at first, and I don't yeah. expect Ant to go ahead and make that adjustment until maybe like 30, 40 games of the season. That could really forty fuck games. Up, like, how I, don't know that, I don't know. I don't know, bro. Yeah. Maybe. But see, I think one thing I think we should say is um, we're talking about the lack of spacing now, and the spacing isn't bad. Like, I, mean, like, I can look at what their shooting is as a team, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. the problem isn't that having that big makes it so you have bad spacing because, like we're saying, Cat is one of the best shooting bigs of all time, so he can be out spacing on the perimeter and shoot. But the problem is right now he has to get used to doing that because he's so used to like you know playing inside-centric and then popping out but really focusing on being in the post. He has to get more used to doing that. Yeah, and even exactly. if you have someone like Gobert inside, you can be like, you know, four out, one in and still have elite spacing. We just got to like prioritize the fact that it's not that it's worse now. It's just very different. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And for someone like fucking Anthony Edwards teammate, D'Angelo Russell, like this is a this is perfect basketball for him. Oh, he's for, cooking for like that. He's he's having a <laughs> yeah. I don't think he's having a great season. I ain't seen no crazy stats, but I'm sure that he's having a much better not much better, but I'm sure he's he's gonna perform way better with Rudy Gobert on the team simply because it's just another offensive threat and he's a proactive passer and not one of the best passers in the NBA, but he's definitely one of the better passers in the NBA. Yeah, yeah. And it's just right now just the Timberwolves are 21st in three point volume, but 28th in accuracy. So their spacing isn't good right now. They have to have the shooting around Gobert to make it so they can still have that like make his rim threat matter more more because you have spacing around him and they haven't had that yet. Which, yeah. what is Cat shooting himself? Because I know he has not played well. So, so while, while Isaac looks that up, Mo, have, have your feelings about the Timberwolves changed um, from the first week? Like, do, does your outlook on, on what their season look like, has that changed? The outlook on, I want to say yes, but could this be a reaction? I don't fucking know. That's the thing. <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and just say yes. I think... We may have jumped the gum just a little bit on the Seawolves and their issues may be a little bit more deeper than at least I thought myself. You mm-hmm. probably called it out on the money right there and you're now on that. But for me, I I, mm-hmm. I think I had them, what, fourth or fifth or something like that on my watch stands. I'm looking at it right now. Like I had them fifth. And I think that a lot of teams are going to expose them and really just straight up like attack Cat and have the Royal game. Yeah, okay. I I probably also jumped again a little bit. I'm not surprised at this because obviously you're playing with two bigs. It's a whole new system. It's going to take time to adjust, which is kind of, you know, a running theme of what we're talking about with all these teams. That's not surprising, but I'm less confident that they're going to be able to adjust super fast now. I think there might be a yeah. little bit more of a loading period that mm-hmm. I think I had them number four as well. Maybe it's going to be more like five or six because they have this little start. I still think by the time it gets to end of the season, they'll beat this high-level regular season That's team. They're going to hit that. It just might take a little bit longer than anticipated. Yeah, just because there's so many different adjustments from other players mm-hmm. going on. Like, D'Angelo Russell, cool, but Rudy has to... You don't really have to adjust, but Car Anthony, your two, your two best players have to make major adjustments. That's the biggest yeah. thing. See, these, so how many... Last year, Cat shot 4.9 three-point shots a game. How many do you think he's shooting this year now that he has to be more of a spacer? 
I, I, with the way you asked that question, I'm gonna assume that he's shooting around the same or a little less than that when he should be shooting like nine or eight a game. Well, nine's crazy, but yeah, yeah I, I'm, I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say four, four point three. You think he's shooting less now? No, no, he's shooting a little, a little more. He's shooting five point five. Okay, but he's shooting thirty one percent from three right now instead of the forty one he shot last year, which you know that's just variance that'll come around. Yeah, but yeah, he hasn't been the spacer he needs to be because like when you're watching them, you can clearly tell that. They're having issues with him up, kind of trying to hold the same part of the court that he did last year. Mm-hmm. Sometimes he's posted up and Gobert is on the other side of the dunker spot. And it's just not great modern offense. You know what I mean? Like he needs to play more from the high post, from the perimeter. And he just hasn't gotten used to it yet. It's very funny. I need to look at what their schedule, uh, what the upcoming schedule looks like. Because the first four teams that you would have played, you would have thought that they would have gotten off to a, to a faster start. You play Oklahoma City twice, you play San Antonio, and you play the Jazz. You play three teams Damn. that that are supposed to be in the Victor sweepstakes, and you're two and two right now. And tough. so, it's going to be really, really tough when when once that schedule comes around and they once they hit like that ten game run where you just have to play playoff team after playoff team. Yeah, that's gonna that's gonna be rough. That's gonna yeah. that's gonna be rough. Let me let me look at what this schedule looks like for the next like. Yeah, five it's gotta days. be. There's gotta be some correction because that's those are fucking supposed to be four easy licks. Yeah, exactly. And, but then again, as we know now, the Jazz and even the Spurs now the three and one are not easy licks by any means. Okay, so they have so their <laughs> so their next these are the next five games: Spurs, Lakers, Spurs, Phoenix, Milwaukee. So they still have they their schedule is still low key front loaded. Right. Yeah. So, it's gonna be tough once that All Star break hits and we get to the second half of the season. They're going to be in murderer's row on the schedule, and it's yeah. gonna be very, very tough. So hopefully, well, hopefully they, by then they're formidable. That's what that's yeah. what I'm saying. Hope, hopefully everything has come together for them, but it's it's not looking good right now. And I think I think I have a lot of concerns with them that are actually like they've they they've manifested themselves very early. So we kind of know what what's, yeah. what's about to happen. Yeah, this is the team that of all these struggling teams are making big adjustments. This is the one I'm like the most seriously concerned about. I think. But hey, first in rebounding, like this, they're doing that well. <laughs> <laughs> Great. Well, if we're talking uh, about teams that are first, I think we should talk about give the Portland Trailblazers their just due. They've yeah, been such an impressive it. team so far. Shout I don't know how impressive they are in terms of like their outlook for like being a real contender or not, but they've been handling their business. The whole idea of building around Damian Lillard by giving him long, fast athletes on the wings that can go out there and run the court and just surround him with the type of speed he's never played with before, that's been paying his dividends. Absolutely, I think, w- listen, Anthony Simons is nice. And I, I, had, a, I, had, a, I had a couple, I had a couple of concerns, and like, I just wanted to see it on, on the floor in terms of what their dynamic looks like, playing off of each other, and... They have no problem playing playing off of each other. Simon's went for twenty two points in eight minutes against against the yeah. Nuggets. Completely completely took over. He hit the game winner in overtime against the Suns. Like that, you have two guys who can who can again create, and it's so nice because Simon's is more explosive than than McCollum was, and so like yeah. like you were saying, you can just get downhill. Uh, yeah. A whole bunch, and it's it's worked. The problem out. is he's a cone on defense, though. But what are you gonna do? Yeah, uh, this, uh, McCullum, McCullum was, <laughs> he was he was good. He was like cone plus, right? <laughs> cone he tried plus. hard. He was just little. Yeah, but I yeah. think I think that having 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 them two up front, and then the fact that you you have a Jeremy Grant in in the front court that can that can kind of handle a lot of things. Listen, shout out to them. Shout shout out to them because I easily thought like. 
that they were probably going to start off one and three, and we were going to have those like damn conversations of, oh, is he, does he want to be here? Should they trade him this and that? Yeah. They they they're gonna be they're gonna be solid. They they're gonna be solid. We should talk about Dame a little bit too, because Dame is fucking back. I got like so much slack in the off season and all these fucking YouTube shorts comments about people saying I'm crazy for having Dame as a yeah. top ten player still. Like just short term memory loss. It was stupid. He's he's still him. Like what are we doing? Talk your shit. Talk your shit. Yeah. yeah. D- Dame is Dame. He still never stopped being Dame. He was just injured. He had a he had a he had a slow game. He had a slow game one. He shot. He was five for eighteen against the Kings. Since then, 41-41-31. Five for twelve yeah. from three, six for thirteen from three, four of seven from three. He's he's right now he's fifty percent from the field, forty percent from from three point line. Let me see if he's at 50, 40, 90 to start the season. Shit, yes, he is. Be, bro. yes, he is. Yeah, I love to see it. He's. At, I'm not he's even a trailblazer. I'm not even particularly a Dane fan. I just hate overreaction in every context, and I don't know why people were yeah. writing him off. It was so especially dumb. with someone like Dame Miller, where his game is not necessarily predicated to like insane explosion or athleticism mm-hmm. athleticism or anything like that now yes he does use those things to his advantage but like it's not nothing crazy like a russell westbrook or uh john <laughs> wall or anything of that nature speaking yeah. about like guards coming back this is a perfect time to go ahead and talk we talked about the Blazers just slightly briefly but i i bro john seeing john wall just come coming back against the los angeles cut off damian lillard can, talk for john wall yeah talk. yeah bro i'm sorry but i like I'm from him, atlanta yeah. but bro i was born in north carolina and john wall was too bro we from bro, i just john wall gang signed john wall he just has a special heart place in my heart bro he's over here dugging again hitting he's so, so many jumpers bro I, he's so cool. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. I think the biggest thing with John Wall uh, we saw, like especially in that Lakers game, yeah. is just the confidence he's playing with. Like mm-hmm. he was like talking about all offseason, like I'm gonna be the playmaker. I know my role in this team. Out he got out there, <sighs> mid range shot, mid range shot. He yeah. was throwing them bitches up, and he was feeling it. You could tell, screaming, showing so much passion, bro. I'm just like, yeah. yo, nothing makes me happy. Nothing's making me happy right now because this dude was over here talking about some. I was planning to not planning, but he was going through some really deep, dark thoughts. Yeah, yeah. Things of that nature. Now he's like, the, he's literally back. the missing and piece. Now, now he's now the he's missing back. piece for the Clippers, bro. He's back. Yeah. And if we talk more specifically about what his game looks like now, he's not old John Wall. He can't jump for anymore. Sure. He's not like the insane athlete he used to be. But that man is still fast, and yeah. his ability to push the pace and get, like we're talking about the playmaking. It's not even just the passing. He's the best passer on the team. They mm-hmm. needed that. But it's the penetration. Their whole yeah. team was so predicated on just guys like Paul Shoot. George and Kawhi who are good athletes, create off the dribble, but mostly have gem shots. They don't really get to the rim that much. Yeah. Him being able to bend defenses and just create penetration, make the defense rotate, get the ball moving is going to be so valuable to them, especially in their closing in lineups. They yeah, they bro. now they now have four guys in that in that starting lineup that can that can like legitimately like that, well, that he's you, off the bench that you that you that you trust right in in the, in the finishing mm-hmm. lineup right like he's yeah like they have they have they have four guys now and i think that like like you especially in this early part when Kawhi is going to be doing this like load managing stuff and so it's weird because the clippers they're, they're two and two and i think for a team that we thought was going to be the number one seed this is kind of low-key like a slow start um, no one it, ever talks shit about the Clippers, bro. Like Isaac, what is going on? I didn't. I didn't predict them to be number one seed because I yeah. knew this would happen. Like they're gonna have a lot of games that they're just. They're not gonna. Their record isn't gonna be indication of their quality as a playoff team because their stars are gonna be resting so much. So yeah, I think true. this is kind of to be expected. They're not gonna be a five hundred team. They're gonna eventually pick it up, but this is. They're yeah. gonna. This is gonna happen a lot. Yeah, my bad, Darwin. Get in your bag. Nah, it's all. It's all. It's all good. I just think like for. 
the entire like essence of why we think that the Clippers are going to be really good is because of their depth and the fact that we're not getting like Houston John Wall where we're like, oh, he's he's like clearly watched and we're getting a better version of that. Hi, I think that heightens what we thought of the, of the Clippers steps that we already thought was amazing. Right. Yeah. So, so yeah, once, for sure. So once you get once you get in, into the playoffs and like projecting this out, because with, with the Clippers, that's kind of all you can do because because Kawhi is still coming back. Projecting this out, you have him, and you have him, Norman Powell. Uh, we can talk about him. He's been fucking shit. Yeah. Norman Powell, he's, he's the guy who needs to get it together. He <laughs> looking at his stat lines. He shot two for eight, four for nine, one for ten, and two for eight from the field in these four games. He'll be fine. He'll be good. He'll be, he'll yeah, be he'll get it together at some point. But he's been fucking dog water. But, a question I have is that now seeing how John Wall is playing, Isaac, looking back at it a year ago, I I feel like there's conversations about potentially doing like a John Wall for Russell Westbrook swap. <laughs> As the Lakers saying, looking back at it now, would you do that shit? No, it's not the same thing. I mean, John Wall's been good. He's back to being him. You wouldn't trade? You wouldn't have traded No, he's just for this team. But it's, it wouldn't have been one-to-one. They needed picks from the Lakers. And John Wall's not that good to where you're willing to give up future picks for a one-to-one oh, yeah, swap. Yeah. Like, if they had John Wall, they'd still be ass. Like, they wouldn't be as destructive as they are this year with Russell Westbrook. Like, I would rather have John Wall one-for-one one right now yeah. just because, like, the interpersonal dynamics, Russ is not adjusting well to this role. John Wall sure. would probably adjust better. But would I give up future picks to make that swap? No. They still would have been a bad team. If you're going to give up these future picks, you need to have something that moves the needle. Okay. Okay. However. So, but yeah, but uh, he's been good. Yeah. All right, so so you so you don't want the, the Lakers to, to give up picks. You don't want them to go give their picks to all these other teams that are stockpiling picks, like the Utah Jazz, who are somehow three and one right now. Right? Shout out to them. We need we need to talk Any about the we need we need to give the Jazz some bad. love. We need to ju- yeah we need to give them some love. He had a bad game last night, but Larry Marketing is looking like he's gonna make one of those random All Star games from players who just have like oh, a one crazy year, like Julius Randle a few years ago. He's playing on that level where it's like. Why is he doing this night in and night out? This is Lowry freaking marketing. We've seen him for four years be mid as hell. How is he yeah. doing this? Dude. Sometimes you have Chicago, usage on a bad team that happens. If I was a Chicago Bulls fan, like on the low key, I would feel so sick to my stomach to see <laughs> two young players who a lot of Bulls fans thought were going to be really damn good just go ahead and flourish. Not on good teams, but still like flourish and elevate their career and the status of their career. Guys like Wendell and now Lowry, bro. But yeah. Going back to the Utah Jazz, this is just like a team of just like un unwanted pieces from just about every every team in the league is what it feels like or whatever. And they're just like making it work and they're like just moving genuinely, purely as a unit. And it's like kind of hard to play against them. And it's hard to play against them from because like no one takes them seriously. And also too, like you don't know where you're going to get it from. It could be fucking Larry marketing. It could be Mike Conley doing something. Jordan Clarkson. Kelly Olenek. The bench. Yeah. Kelly Olenek. And out of all the players, I thought Colin Sexton was going to get a lot of burn, but turns out he's not getting as much of burn as I want. Or at least I thought he was because they'll give it to you as well. It's just coming from everywhere, bro. Everywhere. So yeah, I think uh, the Colin Sexton thing is like injury recovery. Like they're like, you know, he missed a year too. Like we forget about that. Like yeah, he's just getting back into it. Probably out of probably out of minutes restriction that just hasn't been publicized. But yeah, like you said, it's just full team effort. They play like a five out offense with Olenek and Lowry as your bigs. Sometimes Lowry and uh, Vanderbilt. It's, they have so much ability to just if you're if they're playing a team that isn't disciplined on defense and isn't locked in because they think it's a lick. They can abuse you because their offense can be so potent with these guards that can just, like Jordan Clarkson, who just get mixy and create off the dribble with all this spacing. 
Yeah. They're just dangerous night tonight, like you said. Yeah. Absolutely. Shout, shout out, shout out, shout out, Utah. Utah. All that being said, this isn't gonna last that long, so let's enjoy it while it's here. Like oh, yeah, it is a sure. bit foody, but Larry <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Markton isn't KD actually, but <laughs> it's nice to see. This is the best case scenario for Jazz fans because they can get a little bit of happiness in the at the start of the season, and then once they start losing games, then they're right back into the big sweepstakes. So they can have yeah. both, they can have both this season. Yeah, yeah. That's a, that's best case scenario for them. When they trade Larry Markton because he's doing too well, then things get back to where we we're gonna expect them to be. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. In my mind, this is the best. This is the like number one sweet spot to be in as an NBA fan. You don't have any real expectations, and also just looking forward to the draft. But anything else that you get, slightest good performance, your your night is made as a fan. Facts. Yes, honestly, I think that's all the main teams we gotta talk about this week. We can save some for next week's episode. But this has been a good first week of basketball. I think generally, the season's been good so far. I know some of the past few years, the first couple of weeks have been like ass. And like, I think last year, the, the scores were like the highest they've been in decades. There's no defense being played. So far, it's been good quality basketball. It's been great, bro. I've been seeing the Atlanta Hawks play basketball, even though they just got that ass clapped by the fucking Charlotte Hornets and Gordon here with that stupid ass haircut, ski mask, Taro's year, baggy <laughs> shorts. Did I say again? He had bad, super baggy shorts for no reason, Gordon Hayward. It's been, do- the, it's been the, great, bro. We can talk about it. The Hawks have been interesting. Like, look, we're seeing fuck, I the never vision. <laughs> we're seeing the vision with DeJounte Murray. Like, you're, you're seeing how, like, they can fit theoretically. Yeah. Like, there's there's enough ball to go around to both of them. Yeah. But, like, they haven't been perfect. You could tell there's still some holes there. Like, so weirdly enough, they're, they've been a great defensive team. Like, top 10 in defense, but, like, a really mid-offensive team. Yeah. Despite having two, like, I think they have, like, the two assist leaders on their team, which is really weird. Yeah. Mike, Do you want to talk about why that is? Yeah, my thing the is... The 22nd in offense. First off, I don't like Nate McMillan as a head. I don't love him as a head coach mm. whatsoever. Never really did. But, you know, we might as well do do with what we have him as is. But for my thing for my thing is with, for Trey Young, he hasn't played with someone who's damn near on his level for a very long time. Since, like, AAU high school days. On his okay. level? You're, you're, you're a stretch. You're, you're reaching. How is okay, that, okay, I see, I see that a stretch? I'm, like, when I say on his level... Similar enough place. I know what you mean. I know what you mean. Exactly. So like, my bad. It's hard to balance that while also learning how to expand on your game without having the ball in your hands and balancing out just the natural playmaking instincts. There's times where I'm like, "What the hell is this dude doing? He's not being as aggressive." And (laughs) other times where I'm just like, "Yo, like he's not like swing that thing a couple more times." And he's just sometimes I like I the offense just feels real clunky. Real clunky, yeah. and he's one of the main reasons. He also hasn't been shooting the ball well at all, which is like not going to happen in a couple weeks from now. That issue is going to fix itself. But I think just Trey Young is just trying to find his pace and his rhythm. It all starts and ends with him. But uh, I'm really happy with what we have right now. I think all those issues will solve itself over time. DeAndre Hunter has been really damn good for my expectations for him. He got that pretty good contract, and John Collins has been fucking stellar, bro. John has been yeah, stellar. Yeah, really good. Doing it. He, like, all the Hawks fans saying, oh, Trey John Collins look like a goddamn, they look like idiots right now. And DeJounte Murray is doing exactly what I thought DeJounte Murray was going to be doing. And one of the most underrated aspects that he's brought to the Atlanta Hawks is how many deflections that he that he causes and just the disruption with his long-ass arms that he just naturally is. He just straight-up chaotic, yeah. bro. Like, because of him, I noticed the Atlanta Hawks going, they're just like, they're – they're more of a fast-paced team in transition. You know, we have a lot more options, and our offense is a little bit – it's a lot harder to predict now. You can't just sure. face up all on Trey anymore because mm. it shit just won't work because we got another – we got another <laughs> we got another playmaker 
and DeJounte Murray who can dish it out and swap it up to anybody. They're eighth in pace right now. Yeah, exactly. Pace is crazy now, Wish. and it's mainly because of the transition offense. I didn't look at any stats, but this is what I'm this is all off the dome. Something that we've been really struggling with, though, is the three point shooting. Again, Trey has a lot to do with that, but also, like, mm-hmm. legit, like, losing Kevin Herter and not having Bogdan Bogdanovich, that man's knee maybe yeah. hurts. That hurts. I was going like to say something shit. about that. Yeah. That hurts. So like I feel shit. like I'm, we're seeing that, so, like, obviously, we're kind of seeing the clunkiness, like you're saying, and that's kind of what I told you was going to happen. We're having two people that, need the ball in their hands for the most part. But I'm a little bit encouraged because in terms of touch distribution, it's kind of been like Trey Young hasn't missed a beat in terms of how many touches he has. The types of touches are different. But we're seeing that there was enough touches there vacated by Herder and Bogdan that DeJounte can kind of just take those and everything can go business as usual. But like you're saying, the spacing is pretty different when you have those two great shooters versus DeJounte who is okay yeah. at best. Yeah. So exactly. I guess balancing that and real f- figuring out how to maximize DeJounte's touches and surround yeah. him with shooting outside of that is going to be the big puzzle yeah. piece. We le- we legit, to start off the season last year, we had three... It was white boy summer a couple years ago, bro. <laughs> <laughs> like, we legit had Danilo Gallinari, Bogey was healthy, Kevin Herter, and everyone else. Like, it didn't really matter what they did. But those three literally knocked down snipers, helped a lot, and now we don't have... We lost every single one of those guys. And our best shooter outside of Trey Young right now, maybe John Collins, De- DeAndre Hunter... And then after that, it's a fucking rookie, AJ Griffin, and Milko Dud McMillan don't like to be playing rookies. Yes. <laughs> so it's just like, it's just tough right now. It's a tough scene. And best case scenario is either A, like Bowie comes back and gets healthy, and now we're going to be, we're going to be damn near finished products. Or AJ Griffin goes ahead, who's a rookie, 18 years old, goes ahead and steps in a little bit more. But that's just like, that's so up in the air. At this point. So what you're telling me is, is that your team is. No. It's, no, it's not, no it sounds like y'all no. struggling. No, right? no. It sounds like we're it sounds one, like we're good. I might be I might be right. No. That, that's, no. Yeah, but who'd you beat? You beat Houston and you beat some other bottom brother. We did what we're supposed to do. The magic. We did what we're supposed to do. Okay, he did. And, but Orlando, I knew you were going to pull this listen, shit on the podcast. Listen, Orlando, <laughs> Orlando made that game very, very close. Until, oh, absolutely. Until that, that game. That's because Paolo's him. Yeah. 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 Exactly. Exactly. So. Okay. Let's, let's, let's get this into TikTok segments. I think I think that's I think that's all that we have, right? Let's get these TikTok segments because... The, t- the first TikTok I want to do is similar to the conversation we've been having. So, let's jump right into it. I'm going to list some NBA teams. Y'all let me know if you're buying or selling their stock after one week of the season. Let's do it. The Lakers. Selling. selling. I am buying. I've been sold mine, though. I don't have... It's low sell. I'm yeah. buying because I think of that I'm, defense. Yep. Yeah, I think I'm buying because, like you're saying, the defense is elite. And the, the value is so low right now. I think they're going to trade Westbrook sooner rather than later. So I'm going to get in early. Once they trade him, they're going to be a solid team. This man yeah. is doubling down. Going to lose all his money. <laughs> yeah, it's a scary bet right now. They're pretty fucking horrible. So yeah. I'm not super confident. You know, Westbrook is on lose, this team bro. in February. <laughs> when Westbrook is on this team in February, it's not going to be fun. Oh, God, I'll vomit. I'm, I'm buying it for pennies on the dollar right now. I got to. Yeah, exactly. Okay. The Nets. I'm buying. I'm buying. I think I'm buying for sure. Yeah, the the off the offense is is our, the offense is already working. Like you talked about, there's going to be a buyout market for them to go get bigs. Ben Simmons is going to get a little bit more acclimated uh, in the in this defense and in, in just in this team in general. The ceiling is there for them, so I'll I'll buy. I'm for not sure. going to fall for the for the regular early regular season overreaction. I had I have to buy. I have to buy. They're just too talented, bro. Yeah. Ben Simmons has so much time off. He could just only up from here. He's not going to be playing this scared forever. 
Yeah, exactly. You At least I hope he's not. He's going to average seven points per <laughs> exactly. game for the entire season. Watch him come back. And I hope not. Eight after <laughs> he's going to keep fouling <laughs> out every game. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. No, no the, way. You buying or selling the 76ers? I'll buy. Still. I'll buy. But I'm not buying a lot. I'll buy, I'll buy two stocks. Like, like, <laughs> he said, like no, if, I'm not buying a lot. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not. I, Listen, just, I already had a lot to start the season. Mm-hmm. I can only sell. I, I'm holding, but maybe I'll sell a little bit. Damn. Sell a little I, bit? I am, I am concerned about their defense. The offense is going to be fine, but I'm a little bit concerned about the defense. Dude, just don't. you shouldn't sell just because Joel Embiid just put on a couple pounds. I'm keeping mine. True, true. Yeah, you're right. He'll, he'll come back and get to his normal self eventually. I will buy a little bit. That's it. <laughs> Damn, 30 burgers from Harden ain't enough for you? You are a toxic man. <laughs> no, it's championship or bust for them. And so if they win a championship, like that's the, on- that's the only time I'll... You know what? Actually, no, I'm going to buy. I think no matter... Joel Embiid's going to get back to being who he is. The fact that we see that Harden is at least resembling... Now that we see that Harden is at least resembling his old self, eventually they're going to get both at the same time. They're going to be great. Yeah. I, I, you know what? I'll sell you my stock. You can have mine. <laughs> I, 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 I don't want it. I don't want it. <laughs> okay. Are you buying or selling Timberwolf stock? So oh. selling. I, I'm selling it. I don't. I don't see the vision for them long term in the playoffs. I think it's going to take too long for them to get going. And you already know. I don't like Rudy Gobert. I don't like Cat. I don't want to hold on to the stock. <laughs> like no. I'm. I'm, I'm yeah. out. I'm gonna I'm gonna sell because at first I wasn't I wasn't high on them. I kind of convinced myself they're gonna be a regular season juggernaut, and I bought a lot of it. I'm selling it. I'm I'm back to being pretty concerned about their long term fit. I'm sheesh. That leaves it all to me. I can't sell because y'all sold, so I'm just gonna go ahead and keep. I'm not gonna buy anymore. I'm just gonna keep, bro, because they're just too hold? risky. Okay. Yeah, I'm a hold. I'm a hold, bro. They're just too risky of a gamble. And I don't want to put that much into someone like Car Anthony Towns, who's proven me wrong every single time that I've been on. <laughs> I'm good. That's funny. What about the Pelicans? Oh, I'm buying. I'm buying. Oh, give I'm me buying. every. Yeah. Hey, give me everything in the vault. I need it ASAP. <laughs> they look. Great. Yeah, it's it's hard not to be high on them. Yeah. I would. I had them in like the playing range. I had them like. I went back and forth, and are they going to be like the seven seed type mm-hmm. thing? They still might be because there's so many good teams, but they could very well be the fourth or fifth seed. It won't be shocking. I'm I'm buying. It. As soon listen as, as soon as Zion's uh soon as soon as he gets back, oh they're they're eating. Yeah, yeah they're um, gonna be filthy. Re- regardless of whether or not Zion is healthy on a consistent basis or not, they're still gonna be they're still gonna be great regardless, bro. Okay. What about the Trailblazers? I'm gonna let you know. They're great. I'm selling high. I'm selling high they're, too. They're, this this yeah. is the this is the best and most cohesive the Blazers are yeah. gonna be all season long. We're gonna get to, <laughs> we're gonna get to a point where they're gonna lose three out of three out of six, three out of seven, and or I guess that's not that bad. But they're, they're gonna they're, they're gonna lose. They're gonna lose some more games. And so I, I'll yeah. sell it right now. I still think they're gonna be a yeah. good team, but they're so good right now. They're number one seed. This this, this can't last. They're making the playoffs yeah. though. They they're yeah. they're making the playoffs. Yeah, I can see that. They're gonna be a playing team. Yeah, I'm definitely no, selling playoffs. mine as well. Ooh. Okay. I can They'll see win that. the play in, but I'm saying they're gonna be, they're not gonna be a six seed. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I can see that. But me personally, I think I'm gonna go ahead and sell them on a high note, not sell them with any like fear or worry that they're just gonna burn out and crash because I already know what they are. This is a good storyline. Like you said, they're gonna go ahead, do their thing, maybe first months of the season they're gonna be like, Oh, top four seed, and the next thing you know, things are gonna come down crashing and burning, and then they're gonna lose like fucking 
seven out of the next ten games. <laughs> yeah. Okay, that's all the teams I got. I, I, I like that segment. I think we're going to run that one back a few more times. Oh, Absolutely. for sure. Easily. Yeah. Uh, I like the buying or selling verbiage as a big fantasy player. Yeah. What's next? What's, okay. what's next on, on the docket? We got one more block. segment we're going to do. Not doing a whole lot today. Actually, yeah, we'll we maybe probably just this one last one. Yeah, so much to get to. Okay. Which NBA player has disappointed you the most so far this year? I am going to go with Kyle Lowry. Kyle Lowry. Mm. Kyle, oh. I was, Kyle I was, bounced that ass, Lowry. Yeah. I, I was, <laughs> listen, I was capping for him in the offseason because the same grace that we were giving James Harden, I was trying to extend the same thing to Kyle Lowry. He was very, he had a lot going on last season. I thought, listen, you give him a full, another like full offseason to get healthy, be in that Miami, uh, being that in that Miami organization, he can get right. He's not looked good, and he looks yeah. he looks washed right now. And for them, especially because PJ Tucker left, right? You need Kyle Lowry to help advance that half court offense so that it can overtake the defense, and they could be like that. That could be the split, and it just hasn't happened yet. And so now you have a really really big contract, and your point guard is not playing well. So I'm really really nervous about my Miami prediction going forward. Yeah, I mean, I could say Russell Westbrook as a Lakers fan, but yeah. I can't be disappointed if I had no expectations, you know what I mean? Yeah. So I think I got to go Joel Embiid. You know, they're 0-3. He's going to be fine, but right now he's not fine. And you, you just kind of expected more from somebody who you guys thought was going to win the MVP. Facts. Yeah. No, Facts. And right now it's hard to see him get back to MVP level when he's starting this slow. The narrative is going to leave him behind. Absolutely. My choice is Anthony Edwards. Y'all, specifically you, Donald, were telling me that this man is going to be different this year simply because of the haircut. Uh, That's not what I said. That's not what I said. No, 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 he looks a lot bigger than 6'4", but damn, I expected a lot more. I thought it was going to be the year for Anthony Edwards to go ahead and become an all-star. And if the T-Wolves are going to be struggling like this, no shot that happens. Yeah, he, he'll he probably be better, but we definitely got to see it before we assume he's going to make the leap everybody thought he would. Exactly, bro. Don't don't put that on me, by the way. Don't you ever lie on my name nah, again. I can don't literally you ever find a clip of you again. saying that, but I can literally find a clip of you saying that. Uh-uh. <laughs> that's funny. Uh-uh. Okay. <laughs> well, Wrap it I think up. that's it. I Wrap think we're up. good now. <laughs> you know what? I'm just gonna hear the podcast is over. 